Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that one time we were feeling like 0% hot girl summer, so we decided to go see Midsummer, and then we felt 100% hot girl summer? You mean last night? Yep. You heard it, folks. We saw the movie last night, and here we are now on our second cup of coffee, so you are in good hands, and we are going to talk about it. And we actually have not talked about it with each other no, yet. It we was tabled. a silent train ride back from Brooklyn. Yes. All the way back from Brooklyn, which is an hour. We live in Harlem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is, as you probably know by now, the Horror Babes movie leg of the podcast. I'm Uh, Nicole. I'm Topher. And we are just going to sit here for a little while, uh, sort of unpack our feelings in front of you. You know, we're going to go through the plot. We're going to go through... Uh, some sort of uh, thematic analysis of the movie, uh, kind of give you the gist of what we think it is, put it in a little bit of horror context, and just have our little conversation. Yeah, and you have wonderful plot notes, so I'm going to let you... I always take so many notes. I'm in the middle of the theater <laughs> taking, taking notes, notes with pencil. I can't, can't fucking see. see my fucking notes. And I thought I'm, you were ordering us food because if you haven't been to the Nighthawk Cinema in Brooklyn, you it's one of those places where you can order food from the waiters um, and you, you write it down on a sheet of paper and you put it in this little thing and it kind of flags them to say that you um, have have an order. And I'm, I, I'm really sorry that I faked you out. Well, I was, I was starving and <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was ordering us like at least some popcorn or something. If I'd ordered anything during that film, it was, <laughs> was going to be just like a lot of tequila. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so let's uh, let's find out why Topher wants to drink during intense movies. Yeah, take us away. <laughs> so we open. It is winter in a nondescript place, possibly Michigan. I've been to Michigan in the winter. It looks like that. We I've, got snow everywhere. I have not been, and that's on purpose. Yeah, it's uh, it's rough. Yeah, uh, we are horror babes, not winter babes. Definitely not. I look cute in a cozy sweater, but I don't love it. Yeah, it's a little not my thing. Uh, anyway, so the movie uh we are in a house we are getting a voicemail uh it is from an unnamed character as yet uh she's freaking out uh she's trying to check in on her sister um we cut back we now find we now see the sister she is getting emails from her sister trying to get in touch with her and she gets like a really creepy cryptic one that she's freaking out about yeah, it says something like, um, everything is dark, mom and dad are coming to... Everything is black. Everything yeah. is black. Yeah. Mom and dad are coming to goodbye. Yeah. It's uh, not good. I don't want to get that email. Definitely not. Yeah. So then our main character, who we later learn her name is Danny, um, she obviously is freaking out and is sending emails back to her sister like, what? Calling her parents. Calling her parents. Calling trying her to boyfriends. Trying to figure out what's going on. And can't get in touch with anybody finally calls her boyfriend again he answers apparently he and his buddies are all super stoned and going to get pizza and he's sort of generally like not taking her seriously she wants to i don't know why we don't see her called the cops you know yeah it's like it was a really weird decision anyway so we don't see any like we see her phone history and Mm. it doesn't say the cops Uh, it just says that's that's right. Well, her I parents, guess, her sister, her boyfriend. Well, I guess that maybe comes from because the the boyfriend actually reveals to us that her sister's bipolar. That's right. So this might be like a cry for help, and he starts convincing her. Yeah, yeah. He's which like, she doesn't she say something like it feels different this time or she something? She does. Yeah, she and says like she's like I know my sister. But I think that's why she doesn't call the cops is because she probably has a dozen times before. I'm just assuming and it's been nothing. Yeah, I'm it's just assuming boy- based on what the boyfriend 
how it, he yeah. reacted. Could be a gal who cried wolf situation. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, we're at the pizza parlor with uh, Christian. Christian. Christian, that's his yeah. name. Yeah, that's, uh, what's, what was his name again? Uh, the actor, Jack Reacher. Uh, Jack Rayner. Jack uh-huh. Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> we're there. Uh, we meet his friends, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, who's played by uh, Will Poulter from Bandersnatch. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's the, the hacker boy. Yep. Um, then we've got Cheaty from The Good Place, mm-hmm. who in this film is Josh, played by William Jackson Harper, and Pille? Pele? Pele, that's it. Uh, I don't speak Swedish, and I don't understand any sort of Nordic language. It's just completely beyond my grasp. No Viking? No, no Viking. Viking. Yeah, sorry. My roommate and one of my good friends is from Minnesota, but uh, hashtag no Viking. The Minnesota Vikings. I know Lizzo loves at least one of them, but... <laughs> at least I, one of them, yeah. That's just not me. I am not as awesome as Lizzo. Who is, frankly? Uh, but anyway, so our, our Swedish boy here uh, is Wilhelm Blomgren. Whoa. If that's how you yes. say that. I did my best, you know? I love it. I'm out here. I think you are a Viking. Nah, I just... Yeah. Nah. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. So, yeah, we meet all of them. Uh, we learn they're, like, PhD students. We're not super sure in what yet. But basically his friends are all trying to get him to break up with Danny. Uh, and they're all telling him, like, they're talking about this trip to Sweden that they're going to take. And they're saying uh, Mark's all, like, talking about getting everything pregnant. Yeah. He loved talking about getting shit pregnant. It was weird. I think it was mostly women. I probably shouldn't say getting shit pregnant because, like, women ain't shit. Wait, no, sorry. Women are the shit. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So they're sitting around talking about getting ladies pregnant, both in maybe Michigan and Sweden. And Christian gets a phone call. Mm -hmm. Uh, They won't let him out until they do, just ragging on him. Uh, He answers the call, and we get just an amazing blood-curdling scream. She's saying, like, no, no, no. Yeah, from Florence Pugh. I mean, she kills it in this film. Her pouty, grunty face is amazing such good big fan big fan of this scream queen yes um cannot wait to see her in like more of this style for sure um so we've got her just like screaming no 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 she's freaking out oh we've seen her take an adaban already to calm herself down um because he like told her like oh you're having a panic attack God, uh, the, she's like, no shit, dude. My sister's like yeah. threatening to kill herself. So we get this really awesome silent scene of these firemen finding both cars in a garage with their tailpipes plugged and hosed, and with hoses running into the parents' bedroom and her sister's bedroom with our first super gruesome moment. Oh film. yeah, yeah. It's 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 not what you it's not what you want to see. It's nasty, but it's like perfect. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we find out, yeah, that her sister has killed herself and mm-hmm. her parents. Um, so then we cut to a few months later. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny is still, you know, it's sunny out now. We're seeing that, like, it's been, it's not dreary winter anymore. She's in, I think, her apartment, and she's just, like, lying on this bed and just, like, eyes wide open and just in a slump. I haven't been in that pose. Yeah. Depression's you, she's, real. Yeah, she's still... She's still extremely depressed from it. I mean, I would which, be. Which, I mean, yeah, she yeah. lost every... Everyone she everyone knew. Everyone she yeah. knew, I yeah. Mean, like, um, yeah, we see, we saw her on the phone with a friend that we never hear from again, right? Talking about Christian, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did we even get a name for that character? No. I don't yeah. think so. Maybe she said it in the conversation, she but... She might have. 
I don't think we did. Yeah, so she's lying in bed. Uh, Christian comes in, is like, "Yo, uh, you can keep sleeping, but I'm gonna like pop to this party for like 45 minutes." Which when does that happen? When do you just Every go to a party time. for 45 minutes? Every time I've said that, it's been a hope and a lie at the same time. Exactly. I so, really wanted to be at a party for longer than like five minutes. So she does what I would have done. And right. says, oh, I'll come with you. Right. Because and then you have somewhat of control over the situation. And also, she probably just didn't want to be alone. I love when you do that, by the way. Because <laughs> it guarantees that I will not be at that party for longer than I want to be. Perfect. I'm glad you Love I'm using glad each you other's enjoy. excuses. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. You have, you have an out if you need it. You have one, too. I'm always here for you, babe. Thanks, babe. Yeah, babe. Gross. Anyway. So... Uh, yeah, they pop over to the party. He apparently, we find out that he has not told her about going to Sweden. Yeah. Because uh, they casually drop it in conversation. And she's like, uh, Sweden, huh? Yeah. And he's all like, oh, I'm probably not going to go. Maybe I'll go. I don't know. I won't go. Again, he knows nothing about his life, cannot make it, has no capacity to make like, a decision. Like, we've already found clearly. out that he's doing nothing. Like, he hasn't even done his prospectus. God, he is such and a And the rest bump of them are working on their dissertations. Analog. Seriously. Just doesn't know anything. Um, they get home. She's trying to be super reasonable. And, like, he is. I could not tell what the film thought about her at this point. Like, it was in my notes of, like, am I supposed to think that Danny is the asshole in this conversation? And I couldn't tell right. at that point. I mean, you're, f- you're 15 minutes in. Well, when he says when he says sorry, he says it with a question mark, which, like, there's... Oh, n- sorry means zero in this movie. No one says sorry and means that in this movie. Yeah. No well, real apologies. Well, him, him especially, I mean, he says it with a question mark at the end I'm of it. sorry? Yeah, like like Ugh. he's trying to make he is trying Rock to make her central. He is he's trying to make her the asshole by saying like sorry. You, they've yeah. they've been together supreme. for years, yeah. and he didn't. He just said that he would like to go, and right. she's saying that she's not even like upset. She's just like I wish we had talked about it, and he's thinking yeah. that they're having like a huge fight, and. She's just kind of like, no, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, you, you need to recognize that you are an asshole. I have had this fight. Yeah. I have been the Danny in this fight. I've also probably been the Christian in this fight. I am a recovering fuckboy. God. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah. so then the, in the next scene, he drops to the guys. Um, they're just, like, in someone's apartment, I guess. He says, yeah. oh, yeah, um, I invited Danny to come. Uh, she She's not going to, but... I right. invited her anyway, which yeah, but she's probably not gonna go. She's probably not gonna go. But I might. <laughs> probably. So not, then, probably not, probably not. so then, Danny, you know, shows up. Yeah. And um, is hanging out in whoever's apartment it is. Right. It might be all of theirs. They might live together. We don't know. Who the fuck knows? Doesn't matter. Doesn't but matter, yeah. um, so she comes in and like they're trying to not act weird, and Pele's really the only one who is like. I'm really glad you're coming. Yeah. And Which was a moment to, for me where I was like, I looked at you and I was like, wait. Yeah. And I had, <laughs> it was in my notes, creepy or just foreign. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out both. Um, yeah. Josh is just sort of sitting there working on his shit. He's super stoked because this is like the cornerstone of his thesis or dissertation. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Ari Aster knows what either of those things are, but you know, it, he, they're used interchangeably. Mark and Christian go off into another room. Uh, Pella is like trying to talk to Danny and comfort her a little bit and be like, yo, I'm super stoked you're coming. And also like, hey, I kind of know what you're going through. Like, I lost my family. In a uh, fire. Well, he doesn't say the fire yet. He doesn't that's, yet? Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's later. Um, he's like, yeah, I lost my family. And the word family, we've, this is the first time we see her be triggered by that word. And she freaks the fuck out, goes into the bathroom. And then we get a nice cut to the airplane bathroom. Or, or yeah, airplane, airplane bathroom. Airplane bathroom, yeah. Um, She's having quite a few panic attacks. Which, like, oof, girl. Like, I, I mean, look. 
I understand wanting to do something like having this um, this desire to just like do anything and really shake up your life after like a really tragic event happens. But flying across the the country the with a boyfriend who doesn't like you that much and with three dudes who at least two dudes who don't like you. It's at a tall all. order for your mental health. I yeah. think. Yeah. Into uh, um, a place where like you don't speak the language, you don't know anything about it, like. All but that. if she didn't go, we wouldn't have gotten this movie. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> Calm down. So. Simmer. So we're 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 heading to Sweden, and on our way to I guess the big event, we. Oh, you mean the in the in the field? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. So we fresh go off from, the plane. Yeah, we go straight from Stockholm, and then we go out to this field. It's because they wanted to. It's all the people coming back from their pilgrimages. Right. They're um, they're all meeting up in this place, and then they want to go to the community together. That's right. So we're in a field. We meet a person that Pilla describes as his brother, or mm-hmm. introduces as his brother. Uh, we meet Ingmar. 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 We meet Ingmar. He's got two friends. Gorgeous couple. Connie and Simon. That's the ones. Yeah. So we meet them. Oh, and they're unnamed ethnicities, but not white from London. Yes. Um, uh, which is important. We're going to talk. I want to touch on that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so we meet them. Yeah. So they've just eaten shrooms. Um, and Danny's like, oh, well, I'd like to, you know, maybe wait a second, like get my feet on the ground, get my bearings. I mean, and they kind of pressure her because they have to come up together. Yeah. We all have to, we all have to, it won't hit at the same time. And she felt, she felt like she was being Debbie Downer. So she decides to do it with yeah. everyone. It's um, like when someone foists a shot in your hand and you're just like, I really didn't want this, but yeah. here we are. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So she drinks a little shroom tea. They all eat the the mushrooms, and so then they're like out in this field. So yeah, Will Poulter's character Mark is freaking. Oh out. hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so he's freaking out. Uh, once everybody lay down with him, he's very demanding. He's vaping all the time, which you know, hey, vape lords, right? He is straight up like, like in quotes, like that dude. Oh, sorry for the coffee stuff. It is still early. Um, yeah, he definitely is. Um, so he's freaking out. Everybody else is chilling except Danny, who freaks out, goes off on her own, goes into the bathroom, freaks out, thinks it becomes night, sees her dead family, screams, runs off into the woods. Is and- that what she saw <clears throat> yeah, when she, she lit the... So she's like tripping out. Yeah, there wasn't someone really there. Bad. Yeah, she's having a really bad trip. There's no one there. It was just her. Okay, that yeah. was one of my questions. It might have been someone coming in the bathroom. Um, I don't fuck with hallucinogens because I do have a mental health disorder that used to make me hallucinate. And so I don't mess with them. But that's what I understand can happen. So you can see somebody or something and it just sort of generates a different image in your brain. Okay. Got um, it. It was just, it was so fast. I hadn't, I couldn't, I yeah, saw it was a, like a long haired kind of bearded man, maybe. Sure. You were seeing, uh, you were seeing some Bob from Twin Peaks there. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, we go to the commune, mm-hmm. um, a nice little trek through the woods. They get there, they're, things are odd, things are culty. People are wearing dresses, but they're like linen and like, I don't know. There's just a lot of Swedish people who were weirding me out. We see some really interesting dinner rituals. You you start to understand that this is a different sort of family structure. Yeah. Um, so everybody's hanging out. Um, Simon and Connie see a delightful mural of a love spell where a woman falls in love with a man, cuts her pubic hair, uses a bit of her blood, bakes it into his food. He falls madly in love with her and they get married. Yeah. Foreshadowing much? Uh, 
so uh, we find out they sleep in a giant barn. Uh, beautiful all, barn, too. Gorgeous. Oh yeah, my lots God. of beautiful uh, paintings and murals and yada yada. Uh, religious The sort design of on this movie was... Yeah, really pretty. Yeah. Even back to, like, her apartment. Yeah. I just kept thinking, like, that's a cute-ass apartment. It's a cute-ass apartment. <laughs> uh, they're heading to sleep, and... Pella drops a little bit of knowledge that only Josh grabs, which is that the next day they're going to see, and, and I'm going to really try not to butcher this, Atashtupa mm. ritual. Uh, we don't know what it is, but Josh is very excited, and he says, a real one? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I remember this. So no one knows what's going on. Danny has another vision that night, mm-hmm. and then they wake up, and they go, and they have a weird breakfast. We start to see sort of more of how this cult, or I, it feels judgmental to call them a cult, this commune operates. So this commune, like, uh, they ask, oh, when are we going to eat? Or when is when we sit down? And uh, Pella just says, when the time is right. Mm-hmm. So a little child, never trust a blonde child, a little blonde <laughs> child uh, rings a bell. Two older folks, man and a woman, come out of a big yellow A-frame barn-looking thing. Um, Which we're told we're not allowed to go. That no one is allowed. No to go one's in. allowed to go yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Come out of there. They are seated at the head of this like runically designed table mm-hmm. where not everyone is facing each other. Yeah. So they sit down. Uh, they take a moment. They take a moment. They take a moment. They eat. They drink. Everybody does a thing. There's some ritual drinking. Uh, and we leave and we take another long walk. Mark decides to skive off and have a nap. Yeah. Uh, everybody else goes to this weird desert, which I did not know there were desert-looking places in Sweden. I didn't know that either. The Everybody is gathered on the ground. The older folks who are dressed slightly differently are taken... What are those things called? There's a term for it, but the chair with the poles through it that people carry you in. I was just called... Palanquin. A, oh, I was about yeah. to call it a chariot, but that, I mean, I know that's wrong, but that's just right. in my brain what I call it. Yeah, but like a carried... Like it's, a, it's like a chariot if it was a rickshaw. What's uh, it called again? Palanquin, I'm pretty sure. Learning something new. Maybe. I could be wrong. <laughs> I <laughs> often am. Uh, we see them go off, and they're up at the top of the hill. Their hands are slashed. They place their bloody hands on some rune-covered rocks. Yeah. Uh, it starts speeding up, and they, uh, the old lady throws herself off the cliff. Everybody freaks out who is not from there, so yeah. all of our Americans and Brits are like, holy shit, what the fuck? It's an insane moment in yeah, that film. it really is, yeah. Elder guy... Uh, throws himself off, fucks up his own suicide, just like destroys his leg. Oh my god! Like um, twisted round. Right. So <laughs> then we see everybody in the crowd start screaming, kind of maybe in pain, maybe in rhapsody. We aren't sure at this moment. We'd already seen a guy with a big ass hammer. Well, the big ass hammer comes into play because they smash his skull, in, and there's like four of them who do it. Seems like overkill to me. I feel like maybe the first two would do you it. You want to make sure. You don't want your elders to just like sit there. I mean, that's that's true. Oh, I forgot to mention, yeah, sorry, Pella talks about how they view their life in 18-year cycles, spring, summer, winter, or fall and winter. Mm-hmm. So from 0 to 18, you're a child. That's the spring of your life. From 18 to 36, you are considered kind of an adult, but you go off on your pilgrimage and you are mm-hmm. just sort of around from 36 to 54. I'm thinking I'm doing that math right. Yeah. You labor and from then until 72 you uh rest and become an elder and then they ask the question well what happens after 72 yeah this all happens before the suicide and it's all like (laughs) i'll never tell yeah it's just sort of left in silence which is never a good sign oh yeah so throughout this uh josh has been very excited because he's doing his thesis here and Mm -hmm. he's doing his thesis in all of these sort of like midsummer rituals and is very very 
knowledgeable. He's the only one who understands runes. He's the only one who speaks Swedish. We see Danny say a couple of phrases like tak, which I think means thank you. Yeah, that's and what I like, gathered. Willkommen or willkommen. That might be German, but something like that. It's what it sounds like. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we see Josh very excited, but he's also kind of horrified. Danny's just stunned. Christian's like not clear what his emotions are, but Simon and Connor. Which is the whole freaking movie. Yeah. He is just a bump on a log of a man. For real. Like in general. But Simon and Connie, right? They're freaking the fuck out. Oh, yeah. They're yelling. He's saying, it's fucked. It's fucked. We got to go. And the elder. We're out. Yeah, so this uh, this elder in this... Uh, I've seen things describe this as a matriarchal society, but I don't think that it is. She just happens to be the elder at the time, so it's like... Right, because they cycle through. Yeah, yeah, but Mm -hmm. it seems like they would cycle through elders. I think there's had to have been male elders too, and it seems like there's not a lot of delineations between men and women, except for a few times. Yeah, they go off and do different (laughs) activities during the day, but but not often. It doesn't seem like. Well, actually, scratch that. We see women doing. They do the cooking and and everything, and the men. I actually don't know what the men were doing all day. We see a lot more of the women because Danny goes with them. Right, and she is our lead, so we follow her. Yeah. We'll leave it agnostic. Okay. Anyway, so this elder uh, tries to calm them down, tries to explain to them that this is the... They don't want to grow old and sick and die miserable. They give their lives, and there's Mm -hmm. a woman who's pregnant who's going to take the woman who gave her life that day her name. Yeah. uh, And they describe the cycle and why this is uh, a beautiful thing. There's a term for this, uh, sinicide. Mm -hmm. So, like, senile and suicide, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, Connie and Simon are not buying it, though. No, they're, they they're out. No they want to leave. Say, yeah. Fuck this shit. We're out. We're out. We're out. Well, because we also learned that they're engaged and they were going to get married there, right? Something some, like that. Something like that. Engaged, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, they make a joke about Ingmar performing the ceremony because he makes a weird claim that he and Connie were dating, but they went on oh, one date that she didn't know was a date. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, yeah. So I think they they're just like we've got we've got other things we need to do. For real. <laughs> Getting out of here. Yeah. So they decide to leave. We're back at the uh, commune. Christian suddenly decides, hey, my black friend is doing something. I'm just going to steal it. I'm just going to use that as my thesis. We've seen him be so wishy-washy, and he like has no idea what he wants to do. He has no, yeah, he has no thoughts on anything, and he has, I'll, I'll, get, to, I'll get to my thoughts on him later. <laughs> yeah, he's trash. Yeah, Simon and Connie are packing up. Christian and Josh get into a bit of a tiff over who gets to have what thesis and Christian's like well if you want to collaborate we can and Josh is just like I'm sorry fuck you and I will say as someone who has been to grad school and has seen those politics you just don't pull that shit no well he tried to cop out and say like I'm just focusing on this single place um you're you're planning on going to England yada yada yeah yeah he tried to cop out and say that and and he was like no man it's like you you knew I was gonna do this yeah so messed up. Right. Yeah, so uh, then we see, after the fight, Simon and Connie, like we said, are leaving. Um, like we said, Simon and Connie are leaving. Uh, Connie is packing her bag and uh, asks, is asking where Simon is. And someone's like, oh, uh, someone took him to the train station because the truck only takes one person. And it's like this weird insistence of like, so it's this insistence on the truth. Yeah, and that's uh, what they kind of... Or what they decide to, that is the truth. They kind of use in their favor. Right. Through this whole this whole thing. Um, and, I mean, of course, Connie is like, he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't he wouldn't leave without me. Like, I, I know him. He You know, yeah. he wouldn't do that. And basically, it's just left at, like, him saying, like, well, that's what happened. So we'll get you to the train station, too. Just you wait. 
And then she, you know, storms off, says it's bullshit, and... It's literally the last we see of her. That's literally the last we see of her. <laughs> yep. It's like some Saved by the Bell, never seen or heard from again. Actually, she is heard from, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Danny is... Everybody's hanging out. Sorry, not just Danny. Everybody's hanging out outside of... In, like, the commune area. They're all chatting. Um, there's discussion, again, Mark and Christian and uh, Josh and Pella um, are doing stuff. Mark decides he has to go take a piss, struts off someplace. There's discussion of the commune and like traditions. And we see a lot of these nice interstitial bits where we learn a little bit more about what goes on there uh, until suddenly a dude just starts screaming his head off. And uh, we he find out. Pissed that, on the tree, the special tree that where we they had just seen. Where they put all of the ashes of the elders. Right. And so they talk about, like, the tree is literally their elders. It's just so, it's so funny. Like, you could have pissed anywhere, man. Like, For real. Of course he chose and the one tree that he's not allowed to. He's supposedly an anthropologist, but he has no regard. Well, yeah. He, he's no like, regard. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. He's being, he's being again, in quotes, that dude. He's so that dude. <laughs> Everybody in this film is that dude, though. Yeah. Yeah, we've got that happening uh this guy freaks out uh mark the whole time has been trying to get laid by uh, even uh, before they fly out there he's wanting to bathe the milkmaid yeah he keeps talking about swedish milkmaids (laughs) fetishizing Um, maybe for real (laughs) they keep talking about how swedish women are the most beautiful in the world and all this sort of stuff they're just the whitest in the world god for (laughs) real i don't know what y'all white people's obsession with sweden is but you need to stop white people just trying to be the whitest Josh is very Josh is also a shitty anthropologist like he's a really good scholar we can tell that like he's really really good at like researching everything mm-hmm. but dude even I took one semester of anthropology and mm-hmm. I know to not to do everything he did which is like insist on t- writing everything down insist on taking photos be really like extra with everything he's doing yeah uh, he was disrespectful mm-hmm. on many many counts for real and somehow Christian's the one who's being respectful, but it's because he doesn't do anything. I think, yeah, I think that's just him being a bump on a log. Right. He's Again. just, yeah, he's carried by forces, not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny's been getting sleeping pills from Josh to help her sleep. Yeah. Uh, she was having trouble the first few nights. There's a baby crying in the place. I get it. Every um, night. Yep. Yeah. I'll go to bed again, but. Josh keeps, keeps his sneakers on, and he gets up, and he goes and tries to take photos of the the sacred book of text written by their oracle, who is intentionally inbred and mm-hmm. clearly, like, developmentally disabled. Yes. Uh, Josh is taking photos with his flash and doing, like, the most. Uh, we see someone come in. It looks like Mark. Uh, and suddenly, Josh has got a big old hammer to the head. Yeah. And then it's someone breathing heavily, moaning, making hard noises, and uh, naked from the waist down and wearing Mark's face. Literally wearing Mark's face. God, that blink with no eyelids was so great. So Mike Myers. It's Michael Myers. It it is a great moment. And um, we mentioned that he did go off during dinner or something with that. Right. He does get dragged off after mentioning how much this dude across the table wants to kill him. Yeah, there's well, there's this one um, particular woman who he keeps seeing just around the commune, and then she says, "I want to show you something," or you know, come typical. With me. Super come vague. with me. Yeah, it's a come and of course bite. he goes. Yeah, of course he goes. You know, he wants to bathe the milkmaid. <laughs> he wants to achieve that. Um, yeah, fetish he's been thinking about. Oh, that's right. We've also seen uh, Josh steal a runic symbol from underneath Christian's bed that was placed there by the redheaded 
teens, like child teens. We were told that she has been permitted, uh, just recently been allowed to have sex. Is it uh, Maya or Ma? It's M-A- Maya. It's M A J A. But it's Maya. It's Maya. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to Creepy pronounce it. Creepy redheaded pale face girl. Oh man, so perfect. Ugh. Um. No, thank you. Hardcore carry vibes. Yeah. So yeah. So after um, he's hit over the head and killed. He's right. Killed. Oh, sorry. We also missed that dinner scene. So Christian start is like not obeying the rules again. He's, this is his disrespect moment where mm. he starts eating before everyone else. Oh. Um, and he bites into the pie and finds a pube. Oh, which, by the way, I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but I forgot about the the artwork that we had seen earlier. Yeah. And I honestly thought that we were going in a Sweeney Todd route. Yeah, I did too. I was completely, because we heard, we hear Connie screaming. Yeah. So uh, I, while, while Danny's, Danny's in the kitchens. making the meat pies and yeah, the it's moment. full on Sweeney Todd. Maybe it's just the musical theater person in me, but. But like the moment that anyone mentions meat pies, I'm thinking like, oh, they're killing people and oh, putting them yeah. in those pies. Yeah. So when he pulled out the pube out of his mouth, that was the first thing I thought of. Yeah, and so I, I thought, thought we that, were going. I thought that was Simon's hair. Okay, good. Like it, w- yeah, it wasn't. No, it, was it wasn't just, just me. Okay. Total. Uh, maybe an intentional misdirect. I was like, worst pies in Sweden. I'm not sure. Yeah, worst, worst pies, pies in Sweden. Sweden. And that's saying something. They eat salted. Like they just, comment on that too. They're like, they're like, I'm so hungry. It's like they're trying to make it bad. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, we are down to the, our last two people. A book has supposedly gone missing. Mm-hmm. The last two foreigners alive are being accused, as are all of their friends who they believe are still alive and have just uh, fucked off. Yeah. Uh, Christian starts throwing Josh under the bus so hard. Oh my god! And then, of course, I mean that's one of the real and moments. Capes that... for Mark. Yeah. I that I don't know if that was intentional, but man, I was getting hardcore. Like, oh, this is some like white boy bullshit. I was. Oh my god! I I mean that's the first like real moment that we see Danny just kind of like, oh, this is who you are. This is how you gonna act. Like for real. For real. For real. I mean, he's just. Literally the worst. All right. So Danny's told that she's going to go off with the women for their part of the ceremonies that day. Mm-hmm. Christian goes with Pilla. To talk to the elder, right? Right. Like the lead elder. Yeah. Danny takes more shroom tea. Yeah. Which like, girl, you gotta, you gotta cool it with like the anxiety and doubling down on psilocybin. Yeah. There, there are so I know so that many like microdosing can help, but that was not a microdose. That was a, oh, that was nobody's... a 7-Eleven big gulp fucking moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking, yeah. But she's got a new gal tea. pal. This is the first girlfriend we've seen on camera for her. We've yeah. heard one on the phone earlier, but like there are no women in her life that we know of. Yeah. Because uh, her mom and sister are dead, and we hear one girlfriend, and we never hear from her again, ever. Yeah, she's just on the phone with her venting yeah. about Christian. Fair. <laughs> God. Christian goes to meet with the elder. She's like, yo, we want you to doink our, our new baby maker. She wants you, and you're a perfect astrological match, so you want to you wanna bang this babe? And yeah, yeah. And he acts like no, but he takes drugs, and he's like, uh-oh. I might want to do it. Well, that's another thing that I was going to say about him. He doesn't have the courage to ever make a decision. Yeah. He doesn't. That's why I say he's like a just a bump on a log because. Dust he, in the wind. Yeah. He doesn't make he doesn't make any sort of decision for himself, even when someone is like, you know, we want you to do this, like how he's acting like he's not acting like no or yes, really. I mean, yeah, we can acting... tell he has reservations because he's with someone, but he's not. I think he has reservations because he's supposed to have reservations. Again, we'll get to that. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. We see Mark. 
uh, in the thing and he's like, uh-oh, I don't want to do this. But eventually he decides, well, he, he doesn't decide yet. So they go out, we see the May Queen competition. They just, they, so it's like there's a big maypole erected. Mm-hmm. And they are basically you dance till you drop, pretty right. much like, like a defiant. And like that was a cool moment where they were just, it was uh, set up against this dark force who made everyone dance until they died. So now yeah. they do it in defiance of that, and they dance until they fall. That's kind of dope. That's some Viking yeah. ass bullshit. I yeah. can fuck with that. And it's like last one standing is then crowned mm-hmm. um, May Queen. Right. Uh, we don't know what works. that means, but we know she's the Queen of May. Yeah. Uh, even though I think it's June. <laughs> yeah, midsummer. <laughs> yeah, they we have this really great dancing scene, much better than the dancing scene in the Titanic, if you ask me. <laughs> Similar spinning, but better. True. So they're dancing around. Danny finally starts having a good time. We mm-hmm. see her smiling. We see her laughing, which is the first time we've really seen her do any of that in this film. Yeah, she's having um, a good she's time. She's sort of releasing herself. I get that she's on a lot of drugs, but like, and there's like euphoric dancing and things like that. Yeah, that's a common mystic practice in every religion that I know of. And she's been she's been going through a lot, and she's with just one of the worst people. So, <laughs> and surrounded by a lot. And of bad been people. been with him for four years, and he doesn't even know that. Yeah, he doesn't even know how long it's been. Placent. Danny's crowned May Queen. She wins. Mm-hmm. It's super weird and exciting, and yay! And she gets to lead the dinner and big old flower crown. Big old flower crown. Gorgeous flower crown. Eat yeah. your heart out, Coachella. Oh my God! Yeah, those girls wish. They wish. <laughs> so. She's wearing that. She's like the flower. Oh, there's a cool scene where the camera is given like a uh, the camera's on shrooms too because we see the flowers sort of we, like yeah. breathing and, and we, we see, see the, the food, table the table. Yeah. yeah, it's like a heat shimmer, but like different. It's cool. Yeah, yeah I, I dug it. Nice touch. Um, she leads the meal. We see her kind of understanding the customs and the rituals pretty well, where she takes the time. She sits there. She does the breaths. She decides to eat, and everybody goes with her, and it's it's cool. Like you see her engaging in yeah. something mm-hmm. she's not listless anymore yeah she's taking actions yay yeah. yay agency she is then told that she's supposed to go off and bless the crops asks if christian can can come with her no he nay. cannot he nay. cannot <laughs> nay he cannot you must go alone or with the other women well yeah yeah so then we have a bunch of nice little stone swedish maidens acting like a team of horses carrying her off in her Cinderella-ass chariot. So dope. I loved that part. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we see her go off, and then Christian's pretty fucked up on his own psilocybin tea. Oh, he's like, oh, I don't want to have a bad trip. And the lady's like, you won't. Oh, yeah, this was during the, the May Queen. Right. That he was sitting with everyone. He's and... the pouty kind of stoned. He is yeah. upset, and it's not totally clear why. I'm guessing it's because, again, toxic masculinity, and he's seeing his girlfriend have fun, and he's having a rough time. Aww. So <laughs> he decides to go off and fuck the young gal and give her a new baby so that they don't completely Craziest inbreed. There's a lot of talk about inbreeding, yeah, but a dope, dope sex scene? Dude, we walk into the, was it, I'm going to call it a barn. It, it's kind it's of, like the religious barn. The religious barn. And we've got like Josh a half circle of women of all different shapes and sizes, which is beautiful ages too, and yeah. ages. And we just see that, I mean, they're completely nude and they're just. This, this great Big Lebowski just, moment on the floor too. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. totally Julianne She's Moore all, and Big Lebowski. Yep, totally. <laughs> and they're just like chanting or singing and vocalizing, vocalizing or whatever yeah. vocalizing i guess you would say and in kind of like a weird ecstatic sort of way yeah and then we've just i mean he decides he decides to go for it um, yeah they give him something for his vitality he's looking 
fucked up. Oh yeah, he's his eyes are he's not blinking at this point. It his seems. eyes are super wide. Yeah, the crossfade is going hard. He gets butt ass naked. He yeah. Well, someone strips him. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, and he goes for it. The, meanwhile, Danny is performing a ritual with the ladies, and they're singing, singing and chanting and blessing the crops. She suddenly learned to speak Swedish. Kind of. There's a moment during the Maeve Queen scene where she's yeah. like. I don't know how to speak Swedish. And the other girl's like, you are. And she's like, no, we're just dancing. It's the language of our bodies. Yeah, that was a yeah. shrooms moment. Right. Yeah. Um, but we get kind of something like that with Mark, too. And then we get it again with Danny at the at the blessing. Mm-hmm. Not Mark. I keep calling Christian. him like Christian. Christian. Jesus. We have these really interesting interstitial cuts between Danny and Christian and Danny and Christian. And Christian's having a hard time kind of understanding what's going on. Why mm-hmm. are there so many ladies in the room? Why are not all of them hot? Right. Uh, the women start joining in in a way, not like not like sexually, but kind of in a in a funny way. This this movie has a lot of really way, yeah. very supportive. This movie has a lot of like comedic notes, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, and I wasn't like, sure if they were supposed to be funny, but they were. They certainly were. And I mean, you've got like probably the oldest woman in the room. I think she was the only one with gray hair. Like there were a couple others, but yeah. Um, but she's like a big hefty gal, and yeah, she still literally starts pushing his butt. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, is she like making sure she that he doesn't pull out, or is she engaging with him? That's what I couldn't tell. Oh, but like one of the notes I had written down during the film is I was scrab- scribbling notes on this little sheet of paper in pencil and could not see a damn thing. I wrote in super like big block letters everything together at some point, mm-hmm. which is like when we that's when it clicked for me that that's what was going on, like all the moaning and everything like that mm-hmm. that they would do and like wailing and like emoting that they do that the commune does throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I started to realize then that like oh, as it was like crescendoing with uh, the sex scene, yeah, uh, it's that the women are experiencing the ecstasy with Maya. Got it. And so I couldn't tell if the older woman was there. To, like, be his part of that. Mm-hmm. Or if she was just making sure he doesn't pull out. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who really Who really knows? Danny gets back. Uh, she's supposed to go meet with the elder and discuss her duties as the May Queen. But she hears the, the... ecstasy from the religious barn. And yeah. she's told by her new gal pal. You shouldn't go. That's not for you. Yeah. Danny's just like, no, fuck that. I'm going anyway because I've got a strong feeling of what's going on. Yeah. Well, she's also the only one who's really concerned that her friends are going missing, too. Right. So that was yeah, my thought is, is that the only one who's concerned. everyone else is just kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. They they fucked off. I, yeah. I don't know. But she's the only one who is, keeps asking questions. And yes. I think that's also another reason why she goes in. There. She just wants to figure out what the fuck is going right. on. So she goes and peers through the keyholes. She at least doesn't barge in. I thought that was an interesting choice, too. I thought that was a cool moment, too, where you see because you just see a little sliver of lights and you know that there's a hole there on the door and you see you see her arm compress like she's gonna push it Mm -hmm. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but yeah yeah well i I just thought that that was a cool shot because of course we were all expecting her to like you know bust through the doors and just be like the fuck um and disrupt the whole thing no i thought that was actually a really cool decision that we saw through light that there was a hole there and that she could obviously see inside and then of course she sees What's going on? Takes a second and then does her um, her panic scream. Her panic scream, which her is panic attack scream. Her, yeah. yeah, which awesome again, great. Felt big every lungs on her. yeah, big, big lungs. felt every moment of that. And she, then she runs, uh, or the the girls help her back into the big barn and help yeah, her into her bed. Space, yeah. and then she kind of crawls out of it and is hysterically crying and slash screaming and all this stuff. And then and then you can see that like the women are. Joining in on that again, which they're taking, you were, the they're taking all her. the pain with her. And then they do this really awesome, like, 
breathing where they, they try to, it kind of feels like they're trying to calm her down by doing some rhythmic breathing. And then it kind of turns into like this very, so many ensemble, like uniform. They're like in an ensemble, just, just screaming together, which I thought was a really cool moment because it's like, it's also intercut with Maya's screams of joy and yeah. the women chorusing with her. I thought that was such a cool moment because I was like, I think that's when I wrote down everything together was like, Oh shit, this is what this is. Yeah. This is like a psychic link or something like that, that they, engage in yeah and i was like i was like man that's 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 a different version of listening to lizzo and just saying you could have had a bad bitch (laughs) you know like that's what we do when we're when we see our man or hear about our man cheating but they that's their version of that i think it seems sort of healthy i mean you gotta go through that cathartic like yeah that's what i yeah you gotta get it out and then you can bring it back in with you right you just Gotta get a bottle of tequila and <laughs> scream it out, ladies. Or some uh, or I guess for them, tea. shroom tea. They but, love yeah. that shroom tea. Mm-hmm. So Christian finishes up. He uh, sure does. <laughs> um, like, and she I says, feel I the feel baby. the baby, which... Again, what? this feels so Big Lebowski because that happens in Big Lebowski mm-hmm. as well. And like, mm-hmm. I just, I can't unsee that comparison of like this pale ass redheaded woman naked and getting a baby out of a dopey, schlubby dude. Yeah. In a weird trippy scene yeah um yeah <laughs> christian runs off and he's naked and he's like i don't know what's going on yeah he's like around. freaks out he's still stoned to shit he ends up in the chicken coop right he hears the wailing from the the communal bedroom that's right uh and turns around he ends up in the chicken coop and we see poor simon oh my oh, god sorry before that we actually get a cut of uh josh's leg with a rune carved on the sole that's right face up so he's like buried in the garden where pella was working earlier Yep. And I don't know if Christian sees that, but we see that with like, mm-hmm. a rune carved on the soul. Uh, he runs into the chicken coop and is hiding in there. Find uh, Simon. Find Simon. Simon. Just flayed. suspended. And I learned that's called a blood eagle. What was up with like. That's his lungs pulled that's out. That's his lungs the back pulled of out. Okay. So what they did was they like cut his ribs open. So I was reading about this earlier just as like yeah. out of curiosity, but it's called a blood eagle. Okay. Uh, and it's this. Not as fun as a spread eagle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a thing where it was like, it's not sh- not clear if it's true or not, but it's at, l- at least been mentioned a couple of times as like a ritual killing okay. in Norse lands okay. where you are kept partially alive. Because we see the lungs inflating and deflating. Yeah, that's what it was so But they're pulled very, confused. very carefully out of your back. Okay. So you like cut your ribs open and pull your lungs out through your back and you're suspended that's so gotta it's be like horrifying. Wings. Yeah. I mean, talk about a horrific way to die. Yes, and we've seen several in this film already. Uh, yeah. I. Wow. Yeah, because that that was it was a, the whole scene itself was a little disorienting because you don't know right. what you're gonna see, and then when you see um, the lungs, I guess now that I know their lungs like expanding and contracting, you're just kind of like, what right. the fuck is that? Literally, what the fuck? And then it kind of it kind of switches over because they come in and they find Christian there and blow some powder, in blow his some face. powder in his face, and then he's I guess cool camera trick where they shut one of his eyes at a time and then yeah. recut to the next scene with his eyes being eyes open being one open. At a time. And she says to him. Oh hi! You <laughs> oh hi! Oh hi! You can't um, move or talk, okay? And then <laughs> she backs <laughs> but up. But you're fine. But you're fine. It's okay. And then she backs up, and then we see Danny. Her face is she ain't. She's, she's going through it. She her her. Oof. Oh man, she hasn't had any sleep. She's been crying. You just can tell. Yeah, she's she, in her a eyes state. Eyes are just like deep, like very dark under the eyes, and she's just got this like. We were talking about her pout. Her pout is strong, and she is oh, yeah. 
pissed. She's pissed, and, and she's, she's going got through it. she's covered in flowers. You can't see an inch of her body. Yeah. She's I guess it's like maybe she's a like, cape with just that's yeah. just around her her neck, but it covers her entire body, mm-hmm. and it's just like all these flowers and everything. And then she's got, of course, the big flower crown on and and stuff. And then we she's up on a stage and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it's some sort of you kind of feel like as the viewer, it's the final ceremony. That's right. Of Midsummer, yeah. Then we find out that every Midsummer they sacrifice nine people, mm-hmm. four from the outside, four from the inside, and one from either randomly selected. And then we're all just like, or well, they they there was one outsider left, and then they randomly select someone from the from Herga. Yes. To be chosen by the, and that's what the May Queen does. She chooses yeah. the ninth. Because there are two two volunteers, the two elders. Right. Um, and then our outsiders. four outsiders. So yeah, we need one more. And it's Christian or some random guy named Bjorn. Yes. Who is picked from, what is that thing called? The, oh, it's like a fucking lotto uh, ball. Yeah. <laughs> Which got a cackle out of me. Yeah, I was like, I what? <laughs> it's a very like silly scene. It is, um, yeah. But intense at the same time. So yeah, they, um, and then we see that Christian's, like, in a wheelchair. Right. You know. Uh, but then, yeah, we end up inside the barn. Uh, sorry, we had a nice uh, uh, bear butcher moment. Oh, the yeah. old man is teaching the young children their trade, which is going to be butchery. Mm-hmm. He teaches them how to cut up the cut out the intestines without puncturing them. Mm-hmm. Then Christian's there, and he gets stuffed inside the bear. They say Ingmar something about being a guy. beast, yeah, and right all that. Because uh, we'd seen the bear earlier, we'd seen a mural of the bear on fire, and you're like, oh, well, Christian got chosen. Yep. So they're placed in the big yellow barn that we'd seen earlier that no one's allowed in. The corpses of Josh and Simon Connie and, and Simon Connie, are yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. The these like scarecrow versions of the two elders who had committed suicide mm-hmm. and Mark are in there. Mm-hmm. Christians in the bear suit. The two people from Herga are in there. Things are lit on fire. One of the guys from Herga, he's calm. He's calm. He's smiling, screaming all of a sudden. Everybody outside starts wailing with him. Danny starts wailing with him. Mm-hmm. And then she sort of stops and we see her go back to the pout. And the last thing we see is her smile. And that's the film. That's it. That's it for the plot, y'all. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, babe. Yeah, babe. We got a lot of thoughts, don't we? For sure. I mean, the plot um, in this movie is it's pretty straightforward. There's yeah, we not went into some detail, but it's it's a it's a straightforward plot. Yeah, there's not. I don't think there's a lot that they're not showing us. You know, it's 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 pretty much showing us everything. It's a classic folk horror movie, like you would see from anything in the '60s and '70s, Rosemary's Baby, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, which I'm going to start off by saying I loved this movie. I this is this is the type of horror film that I personally really love. Like mm-hmm. I it, it's it's rooted in reality in in a lot of parts even though, you know, some of it's obviously heightened and everything. I don't know. I uh, when we were when we were growing up, I felt like a lot of horror films were like saw like torture porn. Torture porn. Yeah. Torture porn. And Stuff like that. And and what turned me off from a lot of horror films growing up was like the jump scares that didn't feel earned. It was just like, yeah, you just had... it was kind of like a roller coaster. It was like, it was like you were only going on it to feel that thrill. But I don't know, maybe it's the acting nerd in me who wants everything to be earned. Well, it's the writer <laughs> in me where I'm just like, I mean, you know that I have a, I like a couple of the films from when we were teenagers, um, but I'm not a huge fan of a lot of that, like. 2000 to like 2008 era yeah uh horror before that love it after that love it but there's like a good like 10 year period where i'm just like i really don't give a shit about most of this um Mm -hmm. and i know that like i may be 
shut it down by certain gatekeepers and things like that. But I've only had like a seven year relationship with horror. I right. watched a little as a kid, but it always freaked me out. And as I mentioned earlier, like I have had mental health issues that have caused me to hallucinate. And so like not the best thing to do for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially when That's I was fair. like in high school. Yeah. I was like, I would see, I would try to go see a horror movie because I wanted to go see a horror movie mm-hmm. because I liked them when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then I would go see something and something would scare the shit out of me and I wouldn't sleep for months. Yeah, that's see, that was my thing with horror. I'm 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 fairly honestly new to the genre as well. It always I, I don't know, it's hard to explain. I was I, I have such a vivid imagination and I have a difficult time sometimes separating those things, especially yeah. when it's 3 a.m. and I've just seen Exorcism of Emily Rose and I'm waking up <laughs> every single morning at 3 a.m. That, you know, that's just that's a little much for someone who's in middle school. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was turned off by it a little bit because of that. I, I don't know. I've always been into the creepy stuff like I always say like I was the kid who was a little too into the green ribbon the story about the girl whose head falls off when she takes off the ribbon in that (laughs) book I was obsessed with that and all the other kids coming out soon really yeah scary stories still in dark (gasps) oh Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, and like, just to be clear, we're not horror snobs either. No, uh, it's, no. I would say I like horror movies that are well done. That is a very broad definition for me. Yeah. I mean, I love Sleepaway Camp as much as I love The Vavitch. Yeah, there uh, in in any in any genre there are. I love camp. I love weirdness. Exactly. Vincent Price is one of my favorite yeah. actors and like visionaries of all time. Yeah. If it was all the same, it'd be super boring. Like, yeah, I don't need it, art house horror every single time, but I'm no. not mad that it exists now. Exactly. Agreed. I like weird art films that take place in a horror context. Mm-hmm. So Ari Aster is kind of making a thing of this. He wrote and directed this film. Along with Hereditary. That's right. So those are his only two feature length films. I haven't seen any of his shorts that I re- recall. Mm-hmm. I might have seen one, you know, in a compilation someplace or like, you know, down a rabbit hole like I do. Uh, mm-hmm. where you are asleep and it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm watching horror shorts on YouTube. Yeah, yep. <laughs> He's got a, got a sort of oeuvre. Oeuvre. <laughs> I think I'm using that word right. But he definitely wants to like make these pensive horror films. Yeah. What's funny is that Midsummer started off as just a straight up slasher film. Really? Yeah. Well, it's like how uh, Hereditary started off as a family drama and then he's like, mm, but what if I did horror? See, I love that. You know I love that. Whenever yeah. it's, it starts as something pretty normal, and then someone just says, like, well, let's turn I mean, the dial up. That's the origin of horror, The at least in you know as a genre as we know it, with Mary Shelley and mm-hmm. Bram Stoker doing you know the gothic. The gothic is just looking at something that is real and taking a step to the left or to the right and going, uh-oh. I think that is what I, another reason why I really loved this movie, because yeah, it was, it could have been a romantic comedy potentially with our characters that we had it was it was kind of like a dramedy i guess because of what how it starts but we've got some funny characters we've got some things you you know you can play with we've got some you know idiot toxic masculinity you know moments and everything but then they and and they're going on this you know hot girl summer midsummer trip (laughs) hot girl midsummer hot girl midsummer trip and but then shit gets weird that's right i think for me when i big problems with this as opposed to Hereditary or other films of this type, The Vavitch or mm-hmm. uh, It Follows, mm-hmm. um, Babadook, things like that. All these like allegorical, arty, artsy-fartsy, whatever you want to call it, horror films. Mm-hmm. The reason I prefer a lot of those to this one is the tone. Mm-hmm. This tone 
while I appreciate being able to laugh and have like some goofs and some gags throughout, yeah, I was never sure if I was supposed to be laughing in this film. Got it. Uh, the tone it just made the tone feel inconsistent. Which you know he's a new filmmaker; it's his second film. I understand that. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna begrudge him that. But I definitely didn't enjoy this as much as I enjoyed Hereditary overall. Yeah. I enjoyed it more in parts. Like right. the, my my level of enjoyment was higher during this film, but mm-hmm. only for certain bits. And it was basically whenever Florence Pugh, Danny, was on the screen. Got it. And doing damn well. But yeah, so I think that the tone of this film and the messaging in the film is very unclear to me. Okay, I understand so, that. So yeah, he's like, so the issue that I have here is that he's he's engaging in a certain type of filmmaking that we've yeah. become familiar with over the last such and such years, mm-hmm. like all the films I just mentioned, mm-hmm. where there is an allegory going on. Yeah, I find the allegory here or like what is this supposed to represent or what is this supposed to tell me you're using the language that people use to do that but I don't know what he's trying to tell me is this a revenge fantasy of Danny against Christian mm. is this a just straight up folk horror film or is this a film about cultural acceptance of differences or is this a film about how Swedes are terrible or is it a film about how Swedes are great I gotcha you know, it didn't quite answer the question what is this about right you? I really like to talk about the idea of sins mm-hmm. wherein I mean Every culture has taboos that you don't cross. Yes. And insofar as you cross the taboo, you've committed a sin. Yeah. And in film logic, you are punished for the things that you do wrong. Yes. So one of the things that I noticed was that there's a lot of people doing wrong things, and they do all get punished in a way. Yeah. But I don't know... If it's directly related... And I don't need it to be an ironic punishment, right? Right. It's not as uh, directly related as... In the Vavitch, right. where like their sins ironically like killed them. Yes. Yes. But I don't need it to be that. I need it to feel consistent mm-hmm. in its tone and in its severity. Josh and Mark totally understand why they die. Yeah. Josh transgresses against the community. He's asked if he can take pictures. He's been really inconsiderate. They tell him no, and he does it anyway. Yeah. Mark is a schmuck. And it's disrespectful in another way. In every way. In a, but, yeah, but true. But particularly because he way. pisses on their ancestors. And then doesn't even, is not shows no remorse for doing yeah, that. he's just like, well, I didn't know I was doing something wrong. God, and again, that's wrong. so, that's so like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's so like, quotes that dude yeah. who he's like, well, I didn't know. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. You're still supposed to like feel remorse and apologize yeah. because it's important you to them. understand the import. Yeah. If it's not important to you, so what? It's important to these people that own yeah. the damn tree. So you should This shouldn't... dead tree is your ancestors? God. Dude, you are literally an anthropologist. Exactly. <laughs> what? God. Yeah. That's them. That's fine. Yeah. I understand why they died. That makes sense in film logic. That makes sense in how we write stories in general. Mm -hmm. Fine. Simon and Connie. Yeah. They find the practice disgusting. Yes. And are very vocal about it. Yes. And Christian makes a comparison. He's like, well, we put our elderly in nursing homes. I'm sure they find that horrifying too. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a false equivalency, my guy. Yeah. Like, I don't agree with putting your elders in nursing homes for the most part. But I come from a culture that doesn't really do that, so that's fine. Right. But I don't think that's a, like a fair equivalency, and I don't think that it's fair that Simon and Connie die. Yeah, you're right. There, I didn't. I honestly didn't think about the reason they died, other than like, I mean, they need they need four outsiders. Four, yes. four, right? Um, they need four outsiders. Well, five in total, I guess. So they need to have right a, a additional one to be up for offer. That's right. So, so I mean, that's five. a, and that's, 
everyone except for except for Danny, right? Yeah. Danny's the only one who survives that. And so, I mean, I think that they were going to kill them all along, so it didn't matter. And but mm-hmm. also, but then is the point of the film nihilism? Like, right. because then if it's nihilism, then why are Mark and Josh's deaths earned and Simon and Connie's are not? Yeah, and that's true. why is that's... Simon tortured? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe another reason is, you know, how, how they were like, yeah, you can use us for your thesis, but you can't use our location or our names. Maybe they were worried if Simon and Connie left, they were going to tell all these people where to find them and what was going on in their names. They had too much information is what I'm thinking. But that's not a sin. That's not a trend. No, I know. I know. I'm, I'm just trying to like. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that their reasoning is inconsistent and maybe that's supposed to be a thing of like, well, humans are inconsistent, but the commune is not inconsistent. Right. They've got very strict rules. They've got. Very clear, at least. Yeah. They, they, are, they are very clear about their lines. They say the only time they allow the taboo of incest to go through is when they create their oracle. We'll get to that in a second. I really want to talk about that, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about, I just want to get done with this first. Yeah. The, it doesn't. There doesn't seem to be any clear reason why Simon and Connie died to me. Beyond, in, in terms of like how you Beyond how you that build they were always going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Films and stories follow certain types of logic. And you can pick one or the other, but you can't have both. Mm-hmm. Because then it feels inconsistent and it feels weird. Like, I just don't believe that they deserve to die. Particularly, I don't believe that Simon deserved to be tortured. Yeah, that was a little much. So the only thing I could read in there, so this this brings up a third thing, mm-hmm. is the treatment of black and brown people in this film. Mm. We notice that there are none in the community. None. Simon and Josh are never even considered for breeding or bringing in. Because they talk right. about bringing in new blood, and it's as if they are never even considered for that. Pella is also much harsher and much ruder to Josh mm-hmm. than he is to Christian, even though Christian's a fucking D-bag. Yeah. He is a total asswipe of a human. Josh is not a great person, but he's not unforgivably terrible. Yeah. Until, his, like, until he like starts doing shit like that. Yeah. He's not as inconsiderate of other people's feelings. Yeah. In, interpersonally, he's not aggressively that guy like Mark is. Mm-hmm. But Mark and Christian are treated very well by Pella and by the community until Mark on their ancestors and Connie and Simon are not even really treated they feel very ignored by the rest of the community where yeah. people tell Danny how pretty she is Christian keeps getting hit on by Maya <laughs> yeah right but yeah Danny and Christian are seen as very viable sexual partners even though Josh is far more attractive Christian's kind of not cute. Yeah, no, I I get what you're where you're going with this is that it's that typical standard of beauty yes. that is. So is that a commentary then? And I, I'm just trying right, to find out what right. the commentary to, is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is it that men are terrible, but then why does Connie die? Because all she was mad about was li- literally she was just upset that they were obviously lying to her. They were trying to go. They were trying to go in peace too. Yeah. They were literally just like, like, we're not we, about yeah, this. We're trying to get we out. Just be, we, we want to be gone. Like, Sorry. Yep. We just are not about this. And it's not even like they could tell the authorities where these people are, you know? Right. They would have no idea how to describe it to right. them. Like, uh, you go north real far. Drop a pin. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like we noticed that like no one has service. It's not like they can get contact out. True. Either when they're out there. Like, these people are remote. And if you're not from a country... Mm-hmm. And you just go off into the wilderness. You're not going to be able to report to the authorities where you where you were. I think that's what's immediately scary about this film is that like when Pele talks to Danny and she's mm-hmm. wanting to leave, she yeah. is saying, "Can someone drive me somewhere?" Yeah, you don't have any like there ain't Uber. No, you can't you can't bounce. You can't make an Irish no. exit up out of there. Yeah, you Everybody really can't knows Irish from there. <laughs> nope, everybody's going to know. Even though they keep insisting that people are. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, so I think that's what is already scary about the film going into it is knowing that you are inherently trapped and you yeah, are at nice the mercy. Yeah, there's a nice drone shot of them marching through the woods. Yeah, you are at the mercy happened. of these people who you were just expecting to be nice enough to let you leave. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, they're nice white people. God. Yeah, so that's anyway, That's what I was... I just don't know what the what the point is. I Yeah, um, I get what you're saying. And, like, if you want to be nihilistic, that's fine. But if you're going to be nihilistic, then you can't give me reasons for people's deaths, you know? Yeah. Like, um, there's certain Coen Brothers films where the deaths aren't really earned, but that's the point. Got it, yeah. Um, it's just inconsistent in this film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you, you pick one and go with it. Find yeah. a reason. You're, he's, he's pulling from a lot of different horror tropes. Yeah. Like... Anyone can die is Simon or is Connie. Yeah. Or like, I would call it like hills have eyes or like you, you just mm-hmm. were unlucky enough to be in the situation. For you know? sure. Wrong like, place, wrong yeah, time. Yeah, she's a wrong place, wrong time death. Mm-hmm. Uh, was never going to survive. No. Simon wasn't either, but then Simon's tortured to death and that really still bothers me. Um, yeah. Because they're both not white. And that's and, and, and it's also that Josh is buried upside down, you know. Yeah. And like left they don't give him the same respect they gave that elder who fucked up suicide and give him a multiple blows to the head, which is what I was expecting. He gets hit with the same hammer, but he only gets hit once and we see him breathing. Yeah, that was a pretty rough part. And then part. we see him buried yeah. upside The next time we see any of him, he's it's his leg buried upside down. So like, was he suffocated to death? Like, I, they seem much harsher. You're right. To, those, no, to the non-white right. folks in the film. Mm-hmm. When the, la- the last time we see Connie, not alive, but when we see her dead in barn, yeah. she looks like she's been through hell and back. Oh, yeah. Like, unrecognizable. Yeah, you don't know it's her other than just, like, context. That context, yeah. She mm-hmm. looks like she's been drowned. She looks like the girl from The Ring. She sure does. I was thinking that, yep. She sure and, looks like, like the girl from The Ring. Uh-oh. So yeah, that's 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 really what I wanted to point out. I'm, I, yeah. just, I'm not sure about what the meaning and the tone and all of that is. I totally, I totally get what. Um, what and you're that bothers saying. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind laughing in a horror film. I love seeing a very silly death. I love Final Destination. They're mm-hmm. some of my favorites. That's one of the only ones I watched as a teenager, mm-hmm. like when we were growing up, and I loved those because they were just ridiculous. Yeah. So so it it starts out with Danny who loses her family, and yeah. that kind of already projects to us as an audience that because in in past stories people who become queens somehow have like lost their family yeah that's the thing like kind of like the disney trope of like cinderella snow white all of disney babe (laughs) all of well yeah they all lose their family and then these these ladies become princesses queens they find they find a family outside of theirs and it's happily ever after and it's happily ever after so i thought that that was kind of Interesting, because at first I was like, okay, is she losing her family? I was getting Alice in Wonderland vibes, too. Yeah. I was like, is she losing her family? Like, just show us that she's been through a lot that it, to kind of catapult her into this new life or yeah. you know because at first I thought because I mean yes she sees her family when she's like tripping or she sees them when she's having mm, a, yes. a panic attack but other than that it doesn't necessarily have anything more to do with the plot other than it happened you know like it doesn't come back up necessarily it does a bit in that Pella keeps telling her like oh my parents died and she freaks out when they're she's at their apartment or whatever yeah and then Pella uses it. So we didn't mention this earlier, but Pella is like coercing her in weird ways. Or not in coercing her, but like. I told you when he said, I'm really glad that you're coming. I, I looked at you and I said, mm-mm. Right. <laughs> That's and never good. Notes, is he creepy or just foreign? Both, it turns out. <laughs> and by foreign, I mean Swedish. 
I, you know, I, I was going to talk about Pele because he like, he kind of just gets off with doing like, he, he brings, he brings his friends from college to sacrifice them. And at the end, we just see him with a, it's like a wheelbarrow or whatever with some, with his dead friend in it to yeah. bring him to the barn to get them, you know, just, just burn that shit up. We kind of only see him as being like, cause, cause there, there are these notes in the film of like, if this were like a romantic comedy he's yes. the friend who's been pining after his friend's he's girlfriend John Cryer yeah he feels like his friend doesn't treat this girl in the yeah. way that it's supposed to and he kind of comes off as like Josh from Clueless for a minute yeah but and, in like a creepiest way <laughs> well like yeah he's the creepy best friend yeah and um, then that's why I say John Cryer not right Paul Rudd because like, yeah John Cryer and Pretty in Pink is creepy as fuck or like Anthony Michael Hall 16 Candles 16 Candles yeah and, that's the vibes I was getting from him. Yeah, but he just kind of gets off like scot free. Nobody ever even really questions him. There's no like silent moment between two friends where they're like, "Pele brought us here. Like, why? Yeah. You know, you know, like he's just trusted." Yeah, no one's ever really questioning his intentions. Well, and Josh is single minded, so he doesn't think to question Pele. And Christian's just a bump on a log, right? And Mark is a douche. Yeah, so I guess uh, they're not thinking about it, but. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Well, and I thought it was d- interesting that Danny didn't question him. Yeah, because Danny so, was questioning literally everything else. Like I wrote down is like, is he like creepily hitting on her or is he just trying to give her a space? Because he is, he does seem sincere about the like, hey, I lost my parents in a fire. It was awful. But I had family, a real family around me. He says that to her at the compound. So were they were they the sacrifices? If he lost his family, in I'm fire? not sure. Actually, I didn't even think about that. But he talked about like his pain, and he talked about being essentially an orphan. Yeah. But he wasn't because he had family around him, and I, that's that, right. that was the point. That we we don't know about the fire yet, and I didn't again didn't even think about that until just now. I also wonder if he wants her to come and is super stoked that she's like May Queen and everything because he probably wants to reproduce with her. Yeah, because she does look mad sweet. Exactly. Except she's... that she's short. I know the sweets are known for being tall, right? But yeah, like other than she's short, like she's blonde haired, blue eyed, yep. round, pale face. Yep. I definitely thought that too, but I was yeah. wondering, yeah, the way, the trouble I'm having with him being creepy is he, is he creepy like men are creepy or is he creepy like the commune cult is creepy? That's because what, yeah. he's non-possessive. He's like a man who thinks of you as his possession or as his or something like that. There's some line like that where he's, when he's talking to her about, I wanted you to come here. I wanted yeah. you to be able to experience this. I wanted you to see this because I think you could use this. So he clearly wants to bring her in. He doesn't want her to die. Yeah. And I don't think just because of the reproduction thing. I think there is some sincerity. But again, this is what I'm talking about with the unevenness of the tone. Yeah. This is what I was. This is like why, even though I had spikes of really great enjoyment, I thought it was a really pretty film. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I was stressed the fuck out after watching it, which God, is a good yeah. feeling after a horror film. It's part of why we do it. But like. Mm-hmm. When I look at it as, you know, a film nerd, I go, well, what did you mean by this? What did you do? Or are you just making things that look like art but lack any sort of meaning? Are they? It's like no one creates art in a vacuum. It, it's almost as if he created art that was a vacuum. Yeah. I don't mean that it sucks. I just mean, I'm sorry for that terrible pun. I just <laughs> mean that it's like, it's empty. Yeah. It's a really pretty vase. I feel you. I hear. I hear you on your. And I'm fine to. I'm fine to like go and see something that's aesthetically gorgeous and has some emotional movement throughout. I just had a lot of questions on that front. That's why I'm sorry to keep like harping on that issue. But that was. I keep seeing moments of it and remembering more and going like, oh shit. Okay, yeah, no, I do. Like, what did that mean? What did that mean? What did that mean? For sure. Does it mean anything? Does anything mean anything? And For sure. Just, yeah. 
And this is this is why we have these conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, and I cut you off. So you were saying? Oh no, I, w- I was pretty much done talking about Pele. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just found him. An, I found him an interesting character because I was like, I just don't know what you're about. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. It I seems agree. like he genuinely cares about Danny because he sees some of himself in her, and I think also he's. I think there's also the like well, airy and beauty. I think yeah. there's also the like throughout this film there there is that kind of like it seems fucked up to the Americans, but he was probably just thinking that he was. Doing doing like his you know due diligence or whatever you know yeah, by he's bringing doing what's his... right for his commune he's i don't think he does anything wrong wrong in the film right to us he does but not to his own community and there is well, a yeah. cultural relativism there yeah that that's exactly what i was saying mm-hmm. and i don't know if ari thinks that i can't tell if he's damning the culture or if he's just letting it lie because like why would you have them be anthropologists i mean you want you want it story-wise does it make sense story-wise mm-hmm. But one of the big things about anthropologists is their cultural relativism and like why that's such an important thing. And what I remember because you have to engage with the culture as it is, not as it ought to be. Yeah. I know that there's also a lot of discussion in that field about is that morally okay with certain things and like would a ritual suicide be permitted and things like that. Mm -hmm. What's your limit? But that's all I really wanted to get at there. So this movie's relationship with mental health and developmental disorders is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, well, we're made to, in the beginning, when Mark says, she should talk to a therapist, and he's like, she has a therapist, then have her call her therapist. Like, it's trying to make the audience think that, like, Danny's crazy already. Like, it, yeah. it, it's very, the toxic masculinity kind of takes over, and they're just labeling her as crazy because she's leaning on a guy who she's been with for four Years, yeah, and like, and he makes her worry pretty much about like leaning on on him too much, and she feels bad and remorseful about doing it. Yeah, which is insane and problematic. And you've been together for, and you know, if they broke up, he'd be like, "Oh, that bitch was crazy," and all his friends would be like, "Yeah, that bitch was crazy." Yeah, exactly. And they're all trying to get him to break up with this girl because she's quote unquote crazy, which is literally just. And she's supposed to be crazy because she's concerned about her bipolar. Sister who has sent her a terrifying, terrifying email. email. Everything is black. I'm going. Mom and dad are coming too. Or goodbye. Like yeah, yeah, and ends it with goodbye. Period. And like, and has sent her like four emails and sends her a fifth one. I, I, it was something like that. And she's she, yeah. Well, she doesn't say anything. Her sister doesn't say anything after that, but Danny does. Yes, Danny's yes. Danny like has sent her. her and Danny has her sent her all these. Her and yeah, like calls her parents who don't hear the phone that's right next to their bed. That's our first clue that something's wrong. It's like the first yep. shot of the film, but it's like yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and then we see Danny take an Ativan, and it's like clearly there. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, she has an anxiety disorder. Like she, uh, Christian mentions panic attacks. It's all set up to make it seem like she's the crazy one. But that doesn't pay off. No. Because usually you do that to undermine someone in the film. Yeah. You would say like, yeah, like I do it in my own writing and I, I, mm-hmm. I try to be sensitive about mental health, but I try to, you know, discuss. Yeah, I use it as like a, it's like a weird form of therapy and I also just enjoy writing. Yeah. But like a lot of my characters do have mental health issues because I need the reader to not trust the narrator. Yeah. And I know that that can be a little shitty and that I'm maybe not doing my community any favors by doing that, but it's a useful trope. Yeah, I think that's something that comes up a lot, especially in, I mean, honestly, any genre of movie, but especially in horror, just because of the imagery that comes right. up when you have a mental illness at some points, it, it can be used, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. And and it makes us ask, what is real 
versus what is, you know, a product of either that mental illness or just a bad, like, mushroom trip, you know? Like, there's also that. But, like, Um, you could achieve the same thing by just having the psychedelics. Yeah. I guess her anxiety attacks, they do eventually pay off a little bit in the end Mm -hmm. because she's having an anxiety panic attack. I forget the difference between the two, and I've had both. Anyway, at the end of the film, when she sees Christian knocking up baby Mm -hmm. Julianne Moore, Carrie... combination uh maya we see her have the first one that she's ever been able to get through because every other time she runs off alone and stuff then she comes into community yeah at that moment but yeah i I, it's it's odd so i want to table that part of the discussion and bring it back up in a second because i want to go and talk about something else real fast Mm -hmm. that is related Mm mm-hmm the oracles. Yeah. Intentionally inbred, we find out. The first time we see Roland, I think is his name. He's got like a page boy haircut, clearly like major breathing problem. And his face is distorted, very like Quasimodo vibes. Yes. Right. For and sure. I, I'm trying to be sensitive here. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be flip about yeah. uh, development disorders, but he clearly has, has something going on. Like there's, there's yeah. perception and cognition happening. I'm not sure what he's, I, what I'm trying to say is that it's not clear what he's supposed to have other than we find out that their oracles are intentionally inbred. So that they're not clouded. Cause Josh has a nice moment of like, trying to be sensitive and say like hey i don't want to be a dick here but your oracle's like got a developmental disorder is that yeah like trying to find a way to ask the question right he's actually and the religious elder or whatever tells him like yeah no it's uh that's on purpose Mm -hmm. yeah you said the unclouding that's interesting and i don't know what to say about that yeah beyond feels a little fetishy Mm-hmm. Like it's a fetish. It's like going too far in another direction about how we talk about mental illness and differently abled folks. Mm-hmm. Having the oracles be developmentally disabled, and then having Danny have an anxiety disorder, yeah, and her sister be bipolar, which also terrible characterization of what bipolar looks like. Yeah, I have a lot of problems with how that particular mental illness is depicted. Yeah, in any media mm-hmm. but it's it's playing fast and loose with mental illness a little bit well there's a there's an unfortunate stigma around bipolar you think that it, it comes in many it's forms misunderstood yeah it comes in in many forms in many degrees mm-hmm. i think and so when someone you know tells you they're bipolar you i think a lot of people think that it's like this crazy yeah i mean until y- recently it was literally referred to as manic depressive exactly so i think that that is kind of a very broad broad term but it has an association that's unfortunate yeah that term manic <laughs> yeah it's, maniac, it's un- et cetera, et cetera. it's unfair uh, yeah. yeah i have a real problem with that and then danny's anxiety is interesting so i want to bring that back she becomes the may queen mm-hmm. she becomes like their sort of de facto leader for at least the solstice midsummer festival yeah and she's the only one who's permitted to survive she's the only one who you're basically I never really felt like she was in danger during the film. No. I felt like she was... I never, ever worried about her safety. I felt like any time there was any conflict with her, it was in her own mind. Like, like her anxiety was creating it. Or it was between her and the other outsiders. Yeah. Yeah, she was very... I mean, she was very accepted. Maybe it is her... Aryan looks. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, and she's like I said, she's the only other outsider we see speak any Swedish other than Josh. She who... yeah, she was the only one who got there and did not struggle because of any of them. She struggled yeah with the Americans and she struggled right. with her own mental mm-hmm. illness and she struggled with the death of her parents and right. her sister obviously. So the thing I wanted to point out is that so we never see her take any medication other than a sleeping pill and after an she Adavan. 
Yeah, we don't see her take Ativan after she gets to Sweden. That's right, you're right. So we don't see her take any medication after we see her take it the first time. We only see her take sleeping pills and shrooms. Yes. Pella mentions homeopathy, so I'm trying to figure... I, again, this is a, another thing where I'm just like unsure of what this guy's point is, what Ari Aster's mm-hmm. point is about mental health and about differently abled persons is like, are you trying to... like? It's like a Scientology-level critique of psychology, it feels mm-hmm. like, you know? Where if you're talking about homeopathy, you're talking about, oh, you don't need, Pelle doesn't directly say you don't need drugs, you need people. But he says you don't need drugs, you need people. Sure, yeah. Other, unless they're psychedelics. Psychedelics, great. Like, we, she has, she mentions that she's a psych major. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a really hostile discussion about psychology. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, that's how you know I'm crazy, that I study psychology. Mm-hmm. And she, like, the difference between psychiatry and psychology is, like, just waved, hand-waved. It is. It's super hand waved, and then yeah. she's like, "Yeah, that's how you know I'm crazy." And he goes, "That and like the something, something, the look weird in look your, in your eye or yeah. something." Yeah, and it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Mike, my shrink was super helpful. It's a very useful thing for a lot of people, and so like, is Ari Aster a Scientologist? Is what I'm asking. That's I, I think that people need to know. Hmm, good question. <laughs> Who knows? I, uh, yeah. I don't. I I just I, whenever I see stuff that stuff like I guess it to me stands out really harshly mm-hmm. in films when you have like a very I understand using certain mental health stereotypes as tropes because tropes are useful in telling stories. And while I think you should be careful and not play fast and loose with certain things, particularly like bipolar disorder and depression and psychomania, I also understand using them for horror because they are horrifying experiences. That's why I use mine in right. in writing. That I have a certain level, I have different levels of okayness with. Yeah. What I don't have okayness with is demonizing the field of psychology. Yeah. Certain people in it, sure. Freud, Skinner, great. Demonize them. The, the field, field itself, itself. It's I, that's what I have a problem with. And I was just very, I was like looking at him sideways like, yo, bro, you fuck with Xenu? <laughs> <laughs> so that's really all I have to say. It's just like I, I, a lot of what I have to say about this film is not stances but questions because that's all it left me with yeah i just wanted to do a little rundown of christian for a second i want to i want to uh i want to go through that so he forgets her birthday they've been together four years again he forgets which he forgets that yeah (laughs) he thinks that they've been together for three and a half or something which definitely means he was fucking around on her for the first six months right oh yeah oh yeah like she thought they were together they weren't and then, yeah, he just, I mean, in general, just has no agency or just has no control over his life. He's just dust in the wind and is like... Literally by the end. Literally by the end, yeah. But he's just dust in the wind. I guess that's, I, I just wanted I just wanted to... Yeah, he is a very particular type of man that we have all known and, and all dated. probably dated, yes. He's I don't know. He's the guy who's like, oh, I love you. I care about you. Well, he is during... the ultimate fuckboy. Yeah, well, and during her little Beyonce fuck it up lemonade hold up moment, Mm -hmm. you know, where she sets the shit ablaze pretty Uh much, she smiles because she's, I mean, she's free from that. I mean, I think, I think she did depend on him for quite a bit, which, I mean, it's annoying that he wasn't for that, really. But like, I think when you've been in a relationship for four years, it's hard to let that person go in a way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you and I both experienced that as well. Yeah. And it's really a difficult, it's a complicated emotion and i think i mean this was a very extreme case <laughs> where like she literally sacrificed him i will say for the record i don't want to light any of my exes on fire i promise no same same that is not me not, not me. about it not about it but also i was thinking like what if she like she obviously stayed with the community she yes. again like the, the right. bitch didn't really have a choice much like thomason yeah didn't have much didn't have anything to go back to in the states right kind of found this found this family who i mean her they they praised her burned her future is burned like i mean her family yeah. wasn't burned to death but they like yeah the they're gone 
But I was, I was thinking about, I know she stayed, but I had the thought of what if she like just had her hot girl midsummer and then went back to the States <laughs> and her friend who she was, you know, talking to on the phone, whoever yeah. that was, was like, where's, where's Christian? Oh, um, I, uh, about that. I sacrificed <laughs> him in like a Swedish pagan <laughs> ritual. <laughs> ritual. <laughs> Oh my god. Hot girl summer. Hot girl midsummer. <laughs> Hashtag. Uh, I can see like a different version of this film just like has her t- take that moment and she's like, mm, I burned that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> god. I, I might have liked that ending better. <laughs> I would have just. I love it ending on her like weird evil smile. Like, um, oh, you know what it reminded me of is that, that meme that you always see of the little brunette girl with the page boy haircut in the dress standing on the street in front of the house that's burning down and just oh, has yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that look of like oh yeah yep I did I, it I did that I did it arson on my record that was exactly the look at her on her face totally but yeah Christian is such a fucking shit character I yeah. like he to me just represents everything about what men are allowed to get away with yeah he puts in minimal effort well, and she defends he's... him so hard to her friend well, yes and he's also like i know i know we don't necessarily find the character attractive but he's presented as the attractive character yeah that and was the least believable part of the film and, and so it's it's kind of we've friends. all we've all known those boys that get off like get away with things because Literally of like everything. their their looks and their for the first couple dates they're charming yeah and they put in minimal effort the rest of the time like and you're attached and they're just like yeah fuck boys right because he yeah so he barely supports her on the phone when she's going through something like if you thought that your sibling was in a really bad place and like might harm themselves or someone else or both of those things Mm -hmm. i would be right there with you and trying to figure out what the best course of action was right i'd also be calling the cops yeah i don't call the cops for it anything but i would call the cops for that yeah there were so many things he could have done in that situation but yet he kind of says like oh you're overreacting yeah. in a way he and also you got this <sighs> and then so then he gets the call finds out exactly how wrong he was and decides just sort to of go like, to sweden well there's also that but like we that scene we see of her just like screaming on the couch with her head yeah. in his lap, and he's sort of just there you can tell that he's a little upset which is a common theme yeah he's just there he doesn't tell her he's going to sweden and says sorry which is a word that means nothing in this film i did notice that i don't want to be, I don't well, have anything the other way than he that. says it he says it with a question mark on the yeah, end i'm sorry. sorry i do want to note real quick that was a cool thing that i noticed in the film is that sorry means literally nothing Josh mm-hmm. says sorry means nothing. Mark says sorry means nothing. Christian says sorry means nothing. Mm-hmm. That that's just a quick observation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Done with that. But yeah, doesn't apologize to her and says he's apologizing to her. She's, and she tells him he's not apologizing to her, and he's just like, no, but I am because I said sorry. That's apologizing, but it ain't. It all helps you in the end. He feel. like coerces her, like peer pressures her into taking the shrooms before she wants to. She wants to get her feet on the ground. She wants yeah. to recover from this very long flight and calm herself down after an anxiety attack on the plane and then he's like but like we all gotta come up together god leaves her like just does not go to find her when she runs off to the woods and like disappears she's like oh we just found you here she's like i'm you did what there's so many issues with this so like he's just this person who puts in minimal effort he says the word sorry but doesn't apologize he finds her but not quickly he holds her but not really he yeah. supports her but not really like all these things he's just a total shitbag of a character and i don't know what it does for the film other than show her that like her life has been coasting and she's been coasting or like her life has been shallow and it can be deeper i'm guessing 
Yeah. He's a shallow version of a boyfriend and he's a shallow version of a family. And I guess well, I think she slowly commune... like starts to realize that he he's kind of what she has left. And she kind of yeah. realizes like that's not much. Yeah. And realizes just how shitty of a person he is. I mean, all of this to say kind of leads us to her again, her Beyonce lemonade moment mm-hmm. in the end where you're kind of like, yeah. In a heightened situation, like, I mean, it's very, it's a very dramatic thing. And again, I don't want to burn any of my exes. That's not me. I don't want to harm any of them. Wish them all the best. Seconded. But in the end, you're kind of like, we don't care if he lives or dies because he, yeah, we, like. He doesn't seem to care. He, he doesn't seem dies. to care. And he's literally paralyzed in that moment. But I guess that means something. Again, I'm having a hard time finding meaning. But I think that that's what that has to mean. Yeah. But yeah, to me, I really do love Danny as a character. I think there's a lot more that could be done with her and I think that I am very tired of certain men writing women. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to know if Ari Aster has ever talked to a woman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I think he's heard women speak. I don't know that he's talked to one. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I found a lot of her dis- I found a lot of her th- decisions understandable but slightly unintuitive Mm -hmm. i recognized a lot of things that were being said by her but it sounded like you know like it was like sound through water in a way yeah or like it had been relayed to him by somebody else who had talked to a woman right and that's not really my position to say but that's just sort of a, a, a thought that i had well yeah you always have to think about how women are treated in movies as well or if there were women involved in the writer's room or in the editing process that or has whatever. yeah that that has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. i did notice there was very little sexualization of women's bodies i did appreciate that that's true that's true it's again did he go too far the other direction where he's like these bodies are gross because like it's deliberately shown like we were talking about in the sex scene the only one word led by the camera to believe is hot at that moment is Maya. And yeah. we see Christian sort of grapple with that and kind of accept it by the end. And then he panics and runs away. But yeah, I, I did appreciate that there was very little like overt sexualization. Yeah. But it's nice to see that no nudity was really treated as hot except for the one moment that was back and forth on that. Yeah. And I mean, other than the obvious deaths, there wasn't any like, unnecessary like violence towards women necessarily yeah i didn't you know yeah connie doesn't get tortured we hear her screaming this and she looks like she's been through hell but danny's obviously never brutalized her sister when we see her sister with like the mask over her face and the tube mm-hmm. going in and the duct tape we see like that's pretty violent yeah uh, but like yeah it's not the it's not the female elder who commits suicide that gets her head bashed and it's the male mm-hmm. it's not connie strung up it's simon yeah, so there's no there's no brutalization, there's no rape, there's no anything like that, and that was nice to see. I I really appreciated that. Yeah, honestly, if I never we never had to do another rape scene in a movie, I would be the happiest. For real. But like it, it it's been done. It's in so many ways, so many times. Use something else, please. Seriously, it's just shock value, and I'm looking at all of you men who think you write strong female characters, but their backstory is just rape revenge. Yeah. I could I could name names, but we know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a nice thought to end on, isn't it? <laughs> right. I mean, there's this a lot more we can talk long. about with this film. Yes. Yeah, we are going on. We're over an hour and a half. Um, yes. Okay, so we're going to we're gonna just wrap this up. Yeah, there's um, lots more to talk about that we could talk about here. But like we said, we've been going on forever. Uh, if you want to talk yeah. about it more, we are available online. Uh, yeah. Most times we're glued to our phones. You can find us on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. 
And you can find us on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. I am Tofaloaf on both platforms. That's PHs instead of Fs. And I'm Nicole Lee Hood. How you spell Lee is L-E-I-G-H on both platforms as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you soon, babes. Bye, babes. Have a hot girl midsummer.